Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you are looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, January 25th, 2021. This is episode four of season three. Thank you, as always, for being with us. And we have a uh, terrific show for you um, for you today. And uh, it is looking at, I guess, uh, industry trends or sort of industry outlook when we're looking at 2021 in the entertainment, media, and sports uh, industries. So uh, this is something that uh, a lot of economists do, a lot of market sort of experts do. Uh, I'm not an economist. I'm not a market expert in that sense. But uh, I definitely pick up on a few things as to uh, what I see going on in these different industries. And, 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 and of course, I do a lot of reading, a lot of researching, and that sort of thing. But just, you know, generally looking at where I think some of the sort of interesting things will be uh, when it comes to entertainment, media, and sports. You know, I'm not really one for predictions. And I think that uh, for the most part, predictions tend to be um, you know, just that predictions, right? You know, they, they may happen, they may not happen. And I guess you can get into percentages and all that, but not something I normally do, but I can, you can definitely take a look at history and you can take a look at sort of what's happened in the past. And then you can make determinations from that as to what might occur. Uh, so, which is, which is interesting. I think when you're, when you're passionate about an industry, uh, whether it be entertainment, media or sports or all three, uh, I think that's obviously something that uh, can be fun and engaging and uh, whether it's, you know, talking about the score of a, or an outcome of a game or, uh, you know, where, where a studio might go in terms of developing film. And uh, this, this of course happened with the Marvel uh, films and, and sort of looking at um, the arc of sort of the, the, um, the Marvel cinematic universe and how that all played out. You know, we can definitely look at these things um, as to, um, you know, sort of looking towards what the industry might look like in 2021. So I think that one thing is for, you know, for certain, and that's, I think, the industry uh, in general, in terms of entertainment, media, sports, uh, sort of as individual sort of industries, and also as collective sort of industry uh, obviously, they've changed. They've changed a lot in the last 100 years, last 50 years, last 20 years. Uh, sort of with the last, I guess, maybe five years, 10 years or so, uh, really sort of hitting the streaming, um, you know, entering into the sort of the streaming aspect. I would say the last five years, three to five years, especially. And obviously, 2020 was a big year for that. Now, I think that 
uh, as we sort of get into this today's show, we know one constant in any industry is that history is a great teacher. I think history has shown that it tends to repeat itself. And I think that history tends to repeat itself for two reasons. I think number one uh, is that uh, if it worked in the past to the ends of the people or individuals or industries who were seeking a certain outcome, uh, obviously then history would repeat itself because people would sort of learn from uh, that experience and, and you know, try to sort of, uh, sort of uh, put the work in to have a specified outcome in a, in a particular industry. I think um, the second part of that is why history is a great teacher is that um, I think sometimes we often don't learn from our mistakes and, uh, and obviously if we don't learn from our mistakes or from our experiences, I think history uh, inevitably will repeat itself. So that's kind of uh, as, a, as a backdrop um, to sort of where we're going to go with this. But I think that uh, I've sort of laid out uh, three likely occurrences that I think um, will sort of, um, we can look towards the future, especially in 2021, as to what might happen in entertainment, media, and sports. Uh, and I think anytime you're looking at an industry, you obviously want to see growth, right? You want to see industry growth. But I think obviously history is a great teacher. And, and I think as we're looking at individual industries, we can sort of uh, make some assessments as uh, to that. So I think first looking at entertainment, I think that the key to success in entertainment uh, can really be, we can look towards the past. And I think we can look towards the past. And there was this great article in Sportico uh, about this. And I think that the key is, and this may seem simplistic, but it's giving a content options to the consumer. I think people want more content. Obviously that's a little bit tough during a uh, uh, pandemic in the sense that uh, uh, production has shut down in many places and uh, picked up, but then eventually shut down again. So I think that obviously there's going to be a delay in some of the content, but when we look at 2020 in terms of the consolidation and what occurred, and we look even beyond that, we can see that from a historical perspective, uh, Fox, uh, which was sort of this big, large entertainment media sports conglomerate, sold its entertainment uh, library and assets to Disney. And um, But before it did that, it had obviously those large sort of uh, library of entertainment, of film and television. It had NFL football, which obviously it still has as, as, as Fox Sports. And it had a vast uh, film library, television library, and great television shows like Married with Children or The Simpsons, right? The Simpsons is still going on now. I think it's in its 30th, 32nd season or something like that. But um, it's still going. I think if you look at uh, TNT as a network, they had NBA basketball. They had Atlanta Braves baseball. And how many times I've spoken with fellow baseball fans over the years, and they would you know, say that, oh, I... You know, I watched the Braves growing up, but they lived in Los Angeles. And it was just because, you know, TBS, which was owned, uh, owned by, you know, uh, TNT, it was sort of like, okay, um, you know, that was sort of like it was a program that was available, right? So TNT had NBA basketball. They had Atlanta Braves baseball. 
They had films and television through the MGM library, and they also had television programming. HBO uh, still has bo boxing. They have uh, paid sports events. They have uh, specialty and highly anticipated television shows, whether you're talking about True Detective or, um, or, or many of the other programs that they've sort of, uh, that they've done over the years, Game of Thrones. So obviously it seems to be that there's sort of this group of three, right? This idea of three in the sense that if you have three major content options for the consumer, you're going to see some success. And, uh, and of course, a lot of these programs, what we're completely uh, not mentioning is the news aspect, you know, Fox and, and um, uh, Disney, which we didn't talk about specifically in this example, but Disney has, you know, ABC with regard to football. Uh, they have um, obviously ESPN. Uh, they have television programming um, through ABC and other platforms. Uh, they have, um, you know, obviously the, a large film content library, you know, including Marvel and Lucas Films with Star Wars and um, and um, and their sort of traditional, you know, uh, sort of Disney um, sort of animated content, right? Not to mention their films. So I think clearly that there's sort of this this three major content options uh, sort of pursuit that's gone on. And of course, we can look at sort of those examples with TNT and HBO and Fox. And then obviously Disney has followed that same model. Um, even Warner Media, uh, which is owned by AT&T, has now even added more content options uh, through, for consumers through mergers and acquisitions. And, uh, and of course, now they're distributing this on uh, their different streaming platforms, whether it be Disney Plus or whether it be HBO Max you know, that sort of thing. So I think that's sort of uh, the entertainment side. I think it's the rule of three has proven itself to be uh, very important uh, in that way. And before we get to the media and sports aspects of the show in terms of outlook for 2021, we're going to take a quick commercial break for one of our sponsors. With a new year comes tons of big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit kansascitystakes.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Try the new snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to kansascitystakes.com slash game day and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. All right, folks, we are back. And we are talking about industry outlook, industry growth, and historical perspective for 2021 in the entertainment, media, and sports space. We went over the entertainment aspect in the first part of the show, and we talked about how major networks sort of use the power of three by having three major content 
uh, aspects to their networks, whether it be sports or news, film and television, uh, and, and good properties in that way. And of course, we mentioned with Fox and before they sold their entertainment library and assets to Disney, they obviously had uh, film and television, they had NFL football, and which they still do now through Fox Sports, and then they had a, you know, a vast content library uh, in film and television. TNT was another example, HBO was another example with what they did. And of course, Disney and Warner Media, uh, which is now owned by AT&T as the more recent examples uh, with regard to uh, streamers and uh, just finding new ways to distribute that content and continuing to add more content to uh, the library of each network. So I think second, if we look at media, I think news, if we're looking at outlook for news, I think it's pretty obvious that, and it's been for some time now, that news delivered via newspapers and cable television or traditional outlets has been declining. And uh, I think that uh, it's been declining in viewership, and I think it's, uh, frankly, in this day and age, been declining in trust, right? There's a lot of distrust out there, right or wrong. And, uh, and I think that uh, that is leading to people finding new places to find news, uh, leading to people to using social media to find their news. I think that's a pretty common thing. If you asked folks, where do you find your news? Uh, it's usually from your friends on social media, or it's by reviewing the news headlines on social media, what have you, or uh, watching a newscast on, uh, on social media or on YouTube. So uh, that seems to be the trend. Uh, whether that's a good thing for society or not is, a, is I think another question. And I think it's an individual question as well, but I think ultimately that's where it's going, right? Is that that's where people are finding their news. That's where media is at. It's on social media, it's on YouTube, it's in these other places, uh, not traditionally television or, um, you know, newspapers. So I think through 2020, obviously, and now getting into 2021, at the beginning of it, we're really seeing that we're only going to see, I think, a continuance of that push, the push to social media, the push to uh, websites, uh, the push to other sort of forms of news consumption other than traditional uh, sort of ways, right? And of course, news these days can be specifically tailored. I mean, you can, uh, whether again, it's right or wrong and whether it's good, I think that's a, uh, an important question to consider but uh, there is definitely something to be said about uh, people being very specific about where they find their news, where they want to find their news. And um, so it's sort of great on one hand, because you can have access to the news that you want, but um, you know, you want to be careful to not create silos, right? You don't want to um, alienate yourself from, from people and you want to be able to, um, to be able to be well-rounded and be able to find, uh, you know, all the facts to a situation. When you're talking about news and information. I also think it's no surprise uh, that um, companies like AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile and Comcast and Sky and ABC Universal and Disney all had major acquisitions in 2020 or a little bit prior. And there's even talk about more mergers and acquisitions when you're talking uh, in 2021 and beyond. Because at the, end of the, at the end of the day, it's about content, right? And it's about meeting the consumer where they're at. And so in some sense, it's really a dual strategy, right? Of going where the consumer is at, but also offering more content um, in terms of um, 
sort of on these different platforms. And AT&T being a cell phone and sort of, um, you know, really a sort of a known as a cell phone company uh, and a sort of uh, maybe a broadband company as well. I think that it makes sense that companies like that and Verizon and T-Mobile have entered into deals with Hulu and Verizon and, you know, to access membership and distribution, um, but also just in terms of having more content to spread and, and making your individual platform or network more consumable, making it more desirable, right? You know, you go where the good shows are, you go where the good content is. So I think that's kind of where we're going to continue to see that, uh, you know, down the road in 2021 and beyond. Um, maybe we end up going back to the old cable model where, except it's with, you know, streamers and everything is sort of split up and you have to have certain packages to get certain things. And I think a lot of people would um, sort of not like to see that. Uh, I, you know, personally think that it's kind of nice to have, uh, you know, access to more things for less money. <laughs> that might seem uh, like an obvious thing, but I think more importantly, it's, it's even than cost, it's about ease of access, you know, not having to jump on, you know, 15 different platforms to get the content you want. And I think studies have shown that most people uh, are going to probably consume and purchase maybe two to three, maybe four different streamers. So it's, it's, it's all sort of that, you know, how much money is it? And, you know, uh, what's the bandwidth for people? So I think that's going to be interesting going forward with regard to media. Finally, talking about sports. I think with sports, uh, their big strategy has been, at least for 2020 and moving forward, is going to be sports betting. This is something that you're going to see sport legislatures or sport legislatures, I guess, sort of a, a misnomer there or a, a Freudian slip, but um, you're looking at legislatures looking to uh, pass legislation to legalize sports betting. And uh, it's already happened, I think, in I think it's up to 20 states now in in, uh, in the United States, might be a little bit less than that. And so it, it's, it's growing, obviously. I think anytime that you're in a down economy or you've got a pandemic going on, legislatures and, and governments are gonna look for ways to bring in money. And of course, with sports betting, you have uh, that tax revenue, you know? So you're looking at, let's say, uh, New Jersey, who had, you know, passed a, uh, betting law, I think, uh, online sports betting in 2020. And they've, I think they've almost made a billion dollars this year. Uh, the, the, in terms of sports betting that was made was a billion dollars, whatever the taxes is on that and fees. So I think that this is sort of evident in, uh, for example, in baseball, the Washington Nationals of Major League Baseball uh, will be the first uh, American professional sports franchise to offer sports betting uh, inside the stadium. So this is a first. And um, I think the sports betting strategy is really twofold. I think one, it's about increasing revenue for the teams um, and also uh, for the uh, government in terms of uh, taking a cut of that on taxes. Uh, and if there's any other people involved with regard to maybe official data that is being used. We've seen deals done like that with regard to sponsorships and what have you and marketing. I think the second part 
so the first part was sports, the sports betting strategy was increased revenue. I think the second part is to increase engagement for the sake of engagement in advertising. If you have more people watching, you'll get more companies interested in advertising. That means more dollars. So, uh, and it's also been shown that people are more likely, this can it may seem obvious, but um, people are more likely to engage with content, particularly uh, watching a sports game or enjoying a sports uh, match uh, if they have a bet on it. Uh, this is sort of in a microcosm. It's like looking at, uh, you know, when you go to um, the racetrack, you know, and, and you see these big events on TV with the Derby and whatnot, um, and uh, all the fans that show up and the big hats and all this. And I think it's interesting because uh, you see people being engaged who might not normally care about, you know, uh, sports betting in the normal sense, but when they're there at the track, you know, and they show up that one time a year, they enjoy it. Right. Uh, so I think that's kind of in a smaller level, that's what, that's sort of what, where the engagement comes from. So imagine that on a much larger scale and having access on your phone and, uh, now, whether this is all great for society is another another question and something else we should be concerned about, but uh, it is definitely a, a, a strategy that teams and leagues and state legislatures are using uh, to bring in revenue. So I think it's also interesting that speaking of engagement, uh, sports executives, uh, particularly Theo Epstein, who was with the Cubs, uh, Chicago Cubs, but before that he was with... Uh, the um, Boston Red Sox and the San Diego Padres, and now is working in um, uh, with the in the with the commissioner uh, in uh, the sort of front office, if you will, of, of Major League Baseball. And uh, he's sort of come out and talked about, um, you know, really sort of looking at revolutionizing revolutionizing the uh, game of baseball, making it quicker, making it faster. There's already been sort of uh, talk about this and changes that have been done. You know, there's issues of pitch clock and making sure you can only, um, you know, you pitch to a certain amount of batters and all this. And so I think um, it's this idea of sort of increasing um, sort of game, you know, uh, in-play activity during a game. So that's kind of where we're at with sports. You know, I think it's it's really about sports betting and, and sort of speeding up the game and increasing engagement, especially where you have a younger generation that uh, is shown statistically to not be as interested in sitting in front of a television and watching sports. And so it's all about how do we increase that engagement? And I think Nickelode the Nickelodeon example with the NFL is, is uh, sort of the perfect example of that. So uh, I think overall industry growth um, is gonna continue to rely heavily on consumer engagement uh, and, and networks and sports and media companies looking to increase that engagement by offering more or more consumer-friendly content, uh, you know, meeting the consumer where they're at, delivering what they want. Uh, but I also think that history is a great teacher. And, um, and I think that's gonna open up some doors too if, if these companies can look back to the past and, and uh, provide some opportunities there. So again, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. Thank you again for listening in. We'll be back next week with episode five, and we have a special guest uh, for that particular episode. So thank you again. Always appreciate you listening in and looking forward to being with you again very soon. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.